0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply.
1: Hey there, it's Larry Morgan here, another Snark Monkey episode, and back for the second year in a row. It is Josh Welsh, president of Film Independent, the organization behind this weekend's Independent Spirit Awards, on Saturday. The real award show this weekend, if you're a movie lover, it's happening on Saturday. It will be broadcast on IFC and also worldwide on their Twitter feed. Uh, He talks, uh, well, we just get way into the weeds talking about independent film. And this is, boy, this year is just a treasure trove of riches, of uncut gems, if you will, throughout the cinematic universe in independent film. So join us, won't you, and make sure to check out the Independent Spirit Awards on Saturday on IFC, hosted by Aubrey Plaza. Here we go with Josh Welsh. (laughs) again with Josh Welsh, president of Film Independent. How are you, sir? How are you holding up? I'm I'm, I'm holding up. Things are good. How are you, Larry? I don't want you to feel... I'm great. I'm not under the same sort of pressure that you are because this Saturday what I will be doing is watching your show as opposed to you, which is basically having to get everything ready yes um so the fact that you even are taking the time to talk to me today maybe this is like your version of nap time yeah. where nobody will bother you for like 20 30 that's minutes. right i
0: can hide out in your studio <laughs> is that it you just came to me as a respite that's for, right i'm uh, avoiding everyone in the office i'm avoiding the show producers no i right. i love talking to you and it's um awesome. i love getting the word out about the spirit awards too yeah it's coming up on Saturday, and. This is a crazy time. You know, we put on an award show on the beach in Santa Monica in a tent in February. It's the dumbest
1: idea, but... (laughs) It would only be dumber if it was like in Chicago or Minneapolis or something. But it happens to be for what we in Southern California call, call winter, it happens to actually kind of be cold. Yeah. So what is the current forecast current uh, for current forecast its is
0: uh, sunny and 66, All which right. is perfect. That's not I And mean, that's terrible. actually awesome weather for yeah. this. The last couple of years, we've had rain either the night before or the morning of the show, yeah. which is... I, I mean, really, it, it's it's quite scary when you're dealing with the elements and you're doing a live television broadcast yeah. out in it. It's but.
1: kind of been fun to watch when it has been a little soggy, other than the fact that <laughs> you are uh, di- terribly concerned about people losing their footing and um, falling yeah. and hurting themselves Yeah, yeah, or the possibility that the amount of electrical equipment you have in yes. there might electrocute someone. Other than that, Other than it's really fun to watch those. Other than the
0: electrical issues, yeah. No, we've, <laughs> I mean, in the last five years, there was a year when it rained the morning of the show, and we actually had, and this is a well-produced, good-looking TV show, yeah. but we had to have no, buckets on so stage. We made it stage. sound so
1: janky. I'm yeah, sorry about it's, that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a, It's a really well-produced, great-looking show, but we actually had buckets on stage yeah. because the rain started coming down in the middle of the show, and there was like... You're in a tent, it's a well made tent, but it's it's yeah. a tent. And there was a leak and it was coming on the stage. And we're like, oh my God, like yeah. you have talent coming up to win their awards yeah. and you
1: don't want them to slip in the water. And, so. and some of them were literally just having trouble keeping their footing. So yeah. it did make it a little more exciting yeah, yeah. for it's, reasons you didn't intend. Yes. What we were talking about, of course, is the thirty fifth annual film Independent Spirit Awards. Um uh, the uh, what is the nickname uh, the the Spirities that's not the, it it's the, the Indie over the years, Indie Spirits a lot of people call it the, the Indies the Indie Spirits the Spirit Awards right.
0: in its very first year before it became the Film Independent Spirit Awards and this is long before I was with the organization it was it was actually called the Findies which was the Friend of the independents. oh like the very first year of the show they're like let's, yeah. let's do an award show and we'll call it the Findies yeah
1: I don't like that at thankfully,
0: all thankfully that one didn't yeah good
1: yeah. uh, thankfully over 35 years somebody Kind of, yeah. you know, figured it out. But it would be, thirty-five years, though, is quite—that's quite impressive, actually. Because this is an awards <clears throat> show that has not, as a show, has really kind of only started to gain some a, a, a little more prominence. I would say over the past four or five years, mm-hmm. where it's people have been begun to notice. I think largely due to the fact that there have been some issues and some disenchantment with. The larger awards shows, let's right. say, or the yeah. the the award show whose name we shall not speaketh, uh, if yeah. you want to go a Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and and part of that is due to the fact that just from the very nature, and we talked about this before, the very nature of independent film is that you are generally going to get more diversity, more cultural stories, more yep. uh, different different countries and different perspectives, and especially because you're talking about. Uh, younger fresher filmmakers many of them making their film debut or yeah. or a, or a motion you know a feature length debut yep. so the diversity just from uh, the standpoint of cultural background ethnic background uh, uh gender background is always across the board uh so interesting and so much richer than what you see in any other uh awards program. Absolutely. And that's part of what Film Independent is about. Tell us a little bit about Film Independent, what their mission is, what their goal is, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So Film Independent, we're the organization that produces
0: the Spirit Awards, and we've been around closer to 40 years than than the 35 of the show. But the organization, you know, we're here to champion creative independence and visual storytelling. And that means that we support filmmakers, writers, directors, and producers who are on the early side of their career, but also mid-career filmmakers, Really helping them with mentorship, with developing their projects, with programs that connect them to financiers. We do a financing market, um, and we're also here to sort of build the audience for this great independent filmmaking. It's uh, so, and that's something that's increasingly important as the industry keeps changing. You know, there's so much consolidation going on in the film industry. I mean, since the last time we spoke last year, it was like you know Disney and Fox are now together, right? And, Warner and AT&T have collapsed together. And it's it's really everything. There's fewer and fewer companies and the ones that remain are bigger and bigger. And while some of those companies make great movies and great TV shows, the fact is for independent creative voices, that's generally not a good thing when there's fewer companies out there controlling what gets made and what gets distributed.
1: Yeah, but in theory, you would think that there would be less opportunity for independent filmmakers. And yet, it feels like Maybe some of these bigger companies actually have the opportunity for independent filmmakers to uh, ha- have their work be seen simply yep. because there are more places to see them now. Because if you open up the door to streaming and, uh, uh, you know, art houses might what that old term sounds uh-huh. so antiquated now, yeah. but art, you know, art houses for movies. Uh, maybe they're not being as supported as much, but there just seems to be more of an avenue to actually go seek out uh, unusual titles, the, the kinds of things you would normally never see where yeah. where theater chains and big theaters have to rely on giant tentpole branded movies to get people in seats anymore. Well, so exactly it seems like it. there's more of an opportunity yeah. for independent filmmakers to have their voices heard. It's
0: it's a really fascinating time. You know, I talk to friends who don't live, friends or family members who don't live in L.A., have nothing to do with the industry, and they will have seen really obscure movies. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll say, oh, I saw this incredible film, and it's something that's up for a Spirit Award. And they saw it largely thanks to streaming platforms. Right. You can access things that 10, 20 years ago... Would have been much harder to find or you would have been able to see it for, you know, it's one week theatrical run. Right,
1: right. Um, Yes. I mean, back when I was growing up in Odessa, Texas, and when I would hear about these kind of quirky movies and I would be like, well... I'm going to have to wait for that to come out on VHS when that gets invented yeah. because, yeah, right. because exactly. I don't know where I'm going to see that until I move to L.A. And I literally spent I mean, one of the reasons I did it, I had terrible grades at USC was uh-huh. because I was scooting off to the new art because I was playing catch up on all these movies uh-huh. that I would have never been able to see before. I think of something like Cutter's Way, which is I don't know why that Great, sticks that, in my head, I love that uh, but Ivan uh Pass, uh, Passer I believe uh, Jeff Bridges stars in yeah. that it's an, uh, uh, I an think amazing film the, the director
0: film. on that just passed away oh I that's he, yeah. that's correct he did yeah
1: that's a really terrific early eighties movie that I would have never seen. In uh, in fact, it was almost not seen anyway because it had a title change and nobody knew what to oh, do did with it. Really? it. Yeah, it was called Cutter and Bone when it first was released. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going really deep in the weeds. Here. <laughs> but my point is, yeah, uh, the op- You're absolutely right. You can and and I think that's maybe where sometimes social media and the internet actually helps things because it can be just a terrible evil thing a lot of the, a lot yeah. of the time but sometimes just good quality stuff bubbles up to the surface without Major promotion without a bunch of ad dollars. When people start talking about something in a grassroots way, kind of like I was telling you earlier, people talking on my podcast I was listening to, they kept mentioning Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Mm -hmm. which I literally have not heard of other than the fact that I know it's up for a nomination on Saturday. Yep. And these guys on uh, another podcast, I'll plug blank check. We're absolutely over the moon about it, and it's like, okay, I trust their opinion. I know nothing about the film. I'm going to seek that out, yeah, and can't wait because it's going to be a real discovery for me. That is the new word of mouth. I yes, love it. Absolutely, That's a great way to find stuff. So let's talk about some of the uh, nominees that we've got for this year. This yeah, is sure. a really good year for movies. Period. Excellent year for movies. Just Amazing. Like uh, yeah. all across the board. Yeah. You want to just start at the top? with? Uh, yeah, it's a sure. great way to get an overview if we talk about Best Feature. So Best Feature at the Spirit Awards, we've got
0: um, it's an incredible, yeah, you look at this, these films are so diverse and different and none of them are like the others. You have A Hidden Life by Terrence Malick uh, Clemency by Chinonye Chukwu, The Farewell by Lulu Wang, which mm-hmm. is an incredible film. Marriage Story, which is the Netflix title. Right. I mean, it's Noah Baumbach's film. Absolutely. Um, which is amazing. And then Un- uncut Gems by the Safety brothers
1: and in any of and, your Uncut Gems I think would have been one that could have crossed over into a, a number of the other awards programs yeah. and got, kind of got left out because of the kinds of movies that are available there but um, that's and that's and also when did you ever think that you were going to have an award ceremony at the Film Independent uh, Spirit Awards when Adam Sandler was going to be a yes, player I in know. the mix right? Yeah, right and by the way deservedly so incredible performance great incredible performance performance. and the softy brothers again guys i wasn't that familiar with and now i want to see everything these guys do yeah i mean they are they are true
0: visionary filmmakers they have a completely unique style that's all their own Um, this is i think their biggest budget film and it's still it's a i don't know the budget It's, it's quite small but bigger than anything else they did before and i think um uh, Martin Scorsese had seen their previous work and became a champion of theirs and helped with... This was like their dream film that they've been trying to get made for a number of years, and he kind of stepped in, and I believe he's an EP
1: on this and helped them get it made. But, I, and and Terrence Malick, uh, you talk about A Hidden Life. Uh, Terrence Malick is kind of almost the godfather of independent film, yeah. really, in a way, right? I mean, here's a guy who in the 70s was considered maybe one of those next big renegade filmmakers, but exactly. always operated even outside of those guys. I mean, it kind of went at his own pace, yeah. a large gap between a lot of movies for a number of years. years off
0: making films. And, and they're and
1: always completely... <clears throat> different than anything else that's out there but yeah. completely watchable and a hidden life is quite a compelling story
0: yeah i love the fact that at the spirit awards you also have so a lot of times you think independent film is about young filmmakers it's about discovering right. new talent which it very much is um but then you also have somebody this master like terence malik coming back and he's still operating in that space this is where he wants to be yeah. uh working and um that's, but you know, I want to go back to something you asked at the beginning. On, in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion, that is something that you see a lot at this at the Spirit Awards more than the uh, some of the other shows. And you know, this year there's been as there has been for several years, a real conversation about the lack of diversity in Hollywood. It's it feels like it's not changing, right? And when you look at the stats, it's generally not not a good picture in terms of women having opportunities to direct people of color on screen representation. It's like the industry is very stuck in its way and in terms of whose voices get shared. And i'm glad that conversation is going on i have to say in the award space i do i have to admit i get a little frustrated sometimes because people will be ragging on these other award shows about how it's you know this lack of diversity and i'm i'm over here saying hey thinking you know (laughs) it's true very good point but the the spirit awards has year after year really been forging a path of recognizing Right. right we have a lot of films directed written directed and produced by women by people of color and, and um, always have i mean if,
1: if they've been have. out there yeah. then then you've recognized them and and it it the the thing that it brings to
0: mind for me is that it's not that hard to do <laughs> yeah. you, you,
1: you it's really not there's
0: so especially this year there's so many incredible films right. directed I by women i think that's
1: the second level of frustration is then when you do have more female filmmakers working and and making <laughs> movies that that yeah. deserve recognition and then they aren't and it just again shows there's still a weird stigma going on obviously yeah. yeah so
0: at film independent you know i think the way you make change happen is you have to embody it in some way first like just to say and of course you know at film independent we can always do a better job It's this our mission is to promote diversity so it's i'm not saying it's over that everything we do is perfect but the Our board of directors, our staff, our membership, the nominating committees that we put together, these groups are and always have been a diverse, inclusive group. It's, there's men, there's women, there's people of color, there's LGBT, there's people with disabilities who are part of the conversation. Who are the gatekeepers? Who are the decision makers? And if you, you have to have it at every level of an organization, and our members who vote on the Spirit Awards are incredible. You know, we track their demographics. It's a very diverse, inclusive group. It's equally men and women. It's people of color. It's it kind of everyone is welcome at Film Independent. And when you have that at every level. Then when it comes time for the Spirit Awards, it just it shows right. up. It's not like we don't have a diversity committee. We don't have like a little ampersand saying, oh, we gotta make sure it's diverse at the end of the conversation. Right. It's baked in to the process. Well, that's and it because it happens.
1: I think you you guys tend to go into the whole process going, there are other stories to tell. Yeah. And and why don't we give opportunities to people to tell their stories who may not have the resources or the means to do that if the story is worth telling. Yeah. So when you start with that mindset, then that opens you up to any country, any background, any story no matter what it is, but the the difference is let's see and hear something we haven't heard or seen before. Yeah. And when you when you just walk out with the, with that initiation, yep. then you're going to get all these different people from different places anyway. So um and you know to
0: that I like I come to film as a film lover. Like, I just, I've loved movies since I was a little kid. And I think, I mean, I love lots of different aspects of movies, but what I really love is walking into a theater and discovering a filmmaker that I didn't know before, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best thing about going to a festival or just going to see a new movie. I I tend not to read reviews beforehand. I mean, sometimes I do, but I love going in blind and just being surprised and I feel like that's what happens with independent film like that's what's great about independent film is you just Lulu Wang the farewell like that right. movie right. to to discover that her world her family story showing up in that film is such a great
1: thing and I think any time that I can go into I mean, movies has always been an escape for me. And and um, I, I think for a lot of people, it, it's and it doesn't have to be a fantasy world. But if I'm being exposed to a, a, a place or a culture that I didn't know that much about before mm-hmm. and it's it's brand new to me. But I, it feels absolutely authentic, whether it is a fantasy film or not. If I feel like it feels like a real thing, and The Farewell is a prime example of, yeah. here's a, a cultural thing that through Aquafina's eyes, I get to both relate to her and also learn something I didn't really know about that cultural choice, which is basically... Yeah. Uh, uh, a, patri- uh, a matriarch of the of the family has been diagnosed with a fatal disease, and they choose not to tell her about it so that she can live out her life happier. That and and I think yeah. as a Westerner, we're going. That doesn't feel right, but for them, that seems absolutely natural. What a and that's I know that's based on an actual story. It's based on an actual uh, article, yeah, uh, magazine article, I believe, right? Or it's, or, it's based. Or, uh, it
0: was based on a uh, This American Life story. Yes, that's right, the, which Lulu told about her own family.
1: But what, as I was watching the film, I was seeing a place that I didn't know that much about. I was seeing a, a, a world uh, again through Aquafina's eyes as kind of mm-hmm. somebody who straddles those two word, worlds. And I felt like it was yeah. absolutely authentic from the moment I was into it, and I was just soaking it up because, I, ju- I, I know I would never act that way. I know I would never be that yeah. way. But it, it resonated with me because it was so important to this family.
0: But that a, that's what you get with independent film. Whereas with the studios, and I have to say, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I go to the. I, I see everything. So yeah, we, I go to the
1: big studio. We homes, talked right? about I, this last I year. I love we them. love movies and we but love those. Yeah, yeah,
0: It's fine. It's yeah. great. But like, so I have a 13-year-old daughter and she is now, she she kind of held off on the Marvel universe for a long time. And yeah. now she's just going in deep. She's watching everything. Oh, and, no. And Are you re-watching? So I'm re yeah. yeah. And it's fun. But I'm like, I mean, it does strike me that it is such a, like, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in meaning it's one world, and all the characters operate in the same world, and there's a common aesthetic to right, it. Right, and, You know, some movies are great, some movies are not great, but it's all, like, you feel like you're in this one world, and I find it, it's just so limiting. Like, it's great. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll always go and check it out, but, it like, scratches you're in itch. one thing. Yes. And, and you could say the same about the DC Universe, and certainly the Star Wars Disney Universe now is, like, you know, I love Mandalorian. I'm watching that, but it's actually love Mandalorian. But it's like, <laughs> Me too. I just think it's interesting that these corporations are, they're doubling down on building a universe. It's a branded property that they control. And the storytelling is all limited. Once you're in the Marvel universe, there's certain rules that you have to play within. And I just feel like audiences need so much more, you know, whether it's a movie like Portrait of a Lady on Fire or Clemency or The Farewell or... Um, any uh, smart, you know, Olivia Wilde's movie this year was like, that doesn't belong in any cinematic universe. It's her own story. And that's what audiences are really clamoring for.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, and we should mention Booksmart up for best first feature yeah. for Olivia Wilde. And even when that movie came out and it got – that was one of those movies that when it started to hit, it was – people seem to just have a thirst for this very refreshing take on something maybe that felt familiar, but it was coming from a completely different perspective. And at the time, I remember thinking... Uh, books. It just shows you what kind of a rich year it is for independent film, because I remember thinking at the time, well, that thing's going to clean up. And the fact yeah. is, it's uh, it's competing against a lot of other really, really good movies. Yeah. And I'm really excited for Olivia Wilde that she got recognized uh, from the best first uh, feature yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Uh, um, what, what other categories uh, are a prime example of this? I mean, I think if we look at the performances, that's a really good... Cross section. Let's look at best female lead. Tell me about Karen Allen in Colwell. So, Karen Allen, I mean, I'm sure your listeners know
0: Karen Allen. She's been just, she's had an incredible career. She's been acting for, you know, several
1: decades. And um, by the way, we're talking about. Indiana Jones. Indiana Karen Allen. Jones. We're talking Karen about, Allen. about Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark. Karen Raiders Allen. Of the Lost I mean, Ark. that's the iconic role, right?
0: She, and know. and Animal House. She was actually nominated for a Spirit Award the last time was back in the '80s for um, Paul Newman directed a, a film version of Glass Menagerie that she was in. Right? And she is amazing. Um, Colwell is a be- you know, it's a lower budget feature. It's a drama. It's a really nuanced performance from her. Um, it it's it's beautiful work. Um, definitely not – I mean, again, not to keep talking about other award shows, but I think we really – our nominating committees watch everything. This year we had close to 500 eligible films that Oof. they watched. It was, yeah. it was a huge increase over the number we got last year, which is interesting. But they really take it seriously. They watch everything. And I love it when um, – I mean, Karen Allen – got great reviews for this performance but it didn't really get in the award space yeah. other recognition so i was very happy that it did from us um of course renee zellweger in judy is uh, a tour de force performance um and that's one i'm sure you know she's uh, other award shows are looking at her for as well but it's, it's also sort of a comeback for her i mean Comeback's a wrong word. She never went away, but it's it's just a kind of a career defining performance. Well, she
1: had some very kind of high profile performances, and then didn't, didn't. And uh, yeah. and I I think she's always been somebody that that people have res- respected quite a bit. But then when you're you're not in that kind of award circle for a while anymore and and especially yeah. or if you're not in a hit you know you can go a couple of different directions and then to come back with something so poignant yeah. and so on the mark uh, for, as that performance you you can't help but go oh uh, it's a reminder yeah. of maybe we just kind of relegated her to a little bit too much of a Bubbly, you know, romantic lead or something, and it turns out, yeah. oh yeah, you know what? I forgot. She's really, really good at what she does.
0: Yeah, she, she also did all of her own singing in that, yeah. and um, and she just brought, you know. She was Judy Garland in that, but she also brought so much of herself. And I think, like, another Judy Garland I loved a few years back was Judy Davis, who, who yeah. did her, but it was a totally different type of Judy Garland. Right and In this one, there's kind of a lightness and humor and vulnerability to the way Renee Zellweger played her that I thought was just unexpected and beautiful. Um, um, and then Alfrey Woodard in Clemency. Well, this yeah. is a film that didn't come out until December. So a lot of people still haven't seen it. And she plays a prison warden who deals with the death penalty. And she kind of oversees like when people are going to be executed. And it's like, that's something I never thought about. And I I've, I, mean, I, I, I'm i embarrassed to say or just not even embarrassed, but it's just true. I, I haven't thought much about the life of a warden and what it's like to be in a prison um a lot of wardens are african american and are african american women like this is maybe not what would, who would have ever would, thought that of that you would think. right and so this is like what it's like for her and just the humanity of going through and and the way you interact with prisoners and when they're coming to the end of life and and how that impacts
1: her and her family um, and Alfrey what? Are, I mean, you know, incredible. I mean, just, you're just that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you couldn't have a more solid name in any category for any year than yeah. than her. Uh, Mary Kate Place and Diane and Elizabeth Moss in her smell, uh, which yeah,
0: another. That's
1: yeah. one of those performances where it's like, how is this actress going to this actor? Uh, I'm trying to do that more often. Um, <laughs> how is she going to take what is ostensibly? a completely unlikable person yeah. for much of this movie and still draw you in in a way that makes it compelling. Yeah. And she, she does, does it, it she right? Does it. yeah. Uh, tremendous. As long as we're talking about, uh, let's talk about supporting females because I, uh, this is also one of those where, uh, thank you uh, for recognizing Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers. I mean, come on. How she... do you miss that yeah. one? I'm sorry, folks. How do you miss it? you're already talking about one of the most iconic people in entertainment, period. And then, essentially, after all these years of taking... Basically, she took all that star power she's got and all that goodwill that she's got from being just multi-talented and then doing something slightly against type but still managing to pack all that star power in there and do it with subtlety and nuance but also be... I mean, it's like... How do you miss that one? Yeah. That's a swing and a miss, folks. If you don't I agree. Have her. I agree. I'm so thrilled that she's
0: nominated. And you know, again, going back to our process, we put together nominating committees who watch all the films, and n- nobody on on staff at Film Independent is on those committees. It's working professional filmmakers. So it's a mix of writers, directors, producers, uh, film critics, film programmers, who choose the nominations, and we never know who they're going to go for. They have a lot of freedom, and I was. Nervously awaiting the best supporting female category because I, in my mind, I was like, Jennifer Lopez is just clearly belongs in there, and I was happy they, they went for her. Absolutely. This is my favorite performance of hers since Out of Sight, which is oh, no, absolutely backaways. And it's, but it's like she has, I mean, she just inhabits that role so beautifully. And and also, I want to say the director, Lorene Scafaria, did a beautiful job with it. Well, cinematography. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks beautiful. It was, it was and beautiful. The entire
1: cast, even if you can consider it somewhat of an ensemble, because there is such a, a good group in there, yeah. I mean, everybody in it. Let, let's actually, speaking of Lorraine. Uh, here's another area where thank you for recognizing Lorraine in the Best Director category, yep. because it absolutely deserved it. Um, uh, Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing her yes. name correctly? Um, Alma
0: is... I- Okay. This is not her first film. This is her first uh, fiction feature film. She's She's done some documentary documentary. kind of hybrid doc fiction films. Um, And she's done a lot of music videos and a lot of commercials. But she is – to me, she's one of the most exciting discoveries of this year as just a new filmmaker and a new voice. And she's like – I mean, she she has the chops. She's, like, a well, great filmmaker. Anybody who's seen this,
1: Hun- Honey Boy that you would never think that, oh, that was a documentary, you know, filmmaker. Yeah, It's, right. like, it's got... Uh, Visual style. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy-looking movie but in, in, Alma, a, in the best way possible. I mean, Alma is just...
0: Uh, she is just a badass. She <laughs> is, like... Um, she kind of announced herself this year she outside so she's she made this film you know and the film did very well it was picked up by Amazon it it got a good release um but simultaneously with that i don't know if you're aware of this she launched something called free the work which is a it's it's essentially a website designed to help promote women and people of color working in film and television and it's a um a few years ago she launched something called free the bid so she came from advertising and she noted that like She'd go out on jobs, and she was always, like, the only woman up for a, a job. Mm-hmm. And she was doing, like, high-level, big commercials. And it was all men. The advertising industry's really been dominated by men. So she created something called Free the Bid that was a website. It was, like, essentially an online directory of women who were, like, good, who had the chops who should be doing commercials. And she would promote this to commercial houses and agencies. And it really caught on in that world. And then this year she got funding to expand it. She changed the name to Free the Work, and it's really aimed at promoting women who are, you know, working or trying to get work in not just commercials, but music videos, film, television. And it's a major initiative. You know, a lot of people have been obviously talking about this, and there are these lists going around that people will share internal to production companies and things. But with Free the Work, she's created this very public-facing platform. I don't know where she got funding for it, but it seems like it's pretty well funded. And she's really like she's just out there pushing this and shining a bright light yeah, on that's it. That's great. And it's, it's a it's really having an impact.
1: It's great to see when it's it's one thing for independent filmmakers to kind of break through in film. But it's another thing when they kind of take that opportunity and also leverage that into making other opportunities happen for other people yeah. who are who are struggling to kind of have that break that yeah. they actually kind of put their success where their mouth is and Absolutely. say, "All right, now yeah. I'm here and I'm going to help this person get a step up and that and that person and, and other voices who haven't been heard." And you see that happen a lot in independent film, you where do. it's like, "Okay, David like Duvernay, is I, a yes, great. exactly. Example I've got the spotlight on me for a moment, and I'm going to use yep. that not just to promote my career, yeah. but the careers of other really." Interesting work that's going on out there.
0: But you know, on Honey Boy, this is amazing. She, I heard her telling this story somewhere that so it stars Shia LaBeouf. Right. and He wrote the screenplay, and it's based on slightly his slightly
1: autobiographical. And, yeah, pretty, or- pr- pretty, pretty autobiographical, autobiographical about him and
0: his father. And right. I, I mean, I think this is all public. He was like in a court mandated. Uh, I might be getting this wrong, but I think he was in a court mandated um, therapy program following some troubles that he had had, and, you know, drugs and alcohol and whatever, and. As part of the therapy, they said you need to write a story, and it took the form of a screenplay. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of part of this program that he first wrote the story. But he had been a fan. He wrote a fan letter to Alma Harrell. because oh, he had seen. I did not know this. That's how they met. Like she got a letter from Shia LaBeouf out of the blue <laughs> saying I really liked your movie, yeah. and then they became they got to know each other. They became friends. I think they did a short film or music video together. And then they did this. And so now they become collaborators. I think they're doing another film together. But it was just, I don't know, it was a great story of like, can you imagine getting a fan letter from Shia LaBeouf? Right. And then you're like, hey, let's make a movie together. So, oh,
1: wow. Amazing. And it's turned into something, I mean, it's like the, their sensibilities totally meshed in yeah. a way that's like, because they could have, that's a story that could have gone off the rails could've in any other so hands. Could have gone off the rails, Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, What other category really excites you or what other nomination or, or, or the fil- personally a film that you're so happy is getting some recognition here? Anything jump out at you, Josh?
0: Well, I will. So every year we give out something called the Robert Altman Award, yes. which is given to an ensemble cast. It's actually given to the director, the casting director and an ensemble
1: cast. And, and thankfully, the casting director... Why isn't a casting director uh, given more credit and They given never awards, are. I mean, it's really... Right? A lot of award
0: shows don't recognize them at all. I mean, the the Casting Society of America does, but uh, outside of that, I think it's the Spirit Awards with the Altman Award. Yeah. It's really... And Marriage Story... <laughs> I mean, those performances, any one of those performances, you know, whether Scarlett Johansson or Adam Driver, Laura Dern, they're all so strong. But it's it, that is the story of a of a family. It's mm-hmm. a family going through a divorce and all the people in that in that going through that, the different divor- divorce attorney, the kids, um, the the boyfriends, the girlfriends. It's like such a cohesive cast. So I was really thrilled that we gave that the Robert Altman award. Right.
1: That's wonderful. Um, I mean, in a movie where Merritt Weaver shows up and she's only oh, yeah. on screen for just a few minutes and still you're going, yeah, oh, my God, everybody in this is that good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Ray Liotta, uh, it's oh, like oh my God. unbelievable. It took a while even to go, wait, that's Ray Liotta. <laughs> that's Goodfellas Ray Liotta yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Oh, uh, that, that's and and uh, that's a, a perfect connection to somebody like uh, Altman too. That's that that kind one of group I love. Is fantastic.
0: Um, and also, you know, yeah, I mean, all the acting categories. Frankly, um, best male lead. You've got um, oh my god, this guy Chris Galoost from Give Me Liberty. That's a film that I'm betting a lot of your listeners have not seen. Well, I it's again an, not familiar in, with it. Incredible film. Um, I believe it's a, I, you can you can find it. If you go online, you can find "Give Me Liberty." But it's an incredible film, and Chris is really to me a discovery. I wasn't familiar with him before this. Um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. in Loose, he's an amazing actor, uh, young guy. We're going to be seeing a lot of him, and then and then we have Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. Totally different type of performance <laughs> oh from gosh. him. And this is Adam not your Sandler. Twilight, folks.
1: Yeah, and then sailor in the mix, yeah. uncut
0: gems. You know which if. If you're looking for um, Happy Madison, and you go into this, you might not be thrilled. But um, oh my god! But it's the, just but, a heartbreaking tour de force performance. But you
1: are getting Sandler. But you're getting it channeled in a way that you've never quite seen before. I mean, again, it's and it's not that he's only a one note guy, but it's it, you can kind of never forget it's him. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. That manic energy that he has utilized in a comic way in other movies, and this is actually surprisingly a very funny movie for as yeah. dark as it is. Yeah. But it's also the one of the most tense experiences I've ever had in a film where it has nothing to do with suspense or you know you're not being manipulated. It's just watching somebody make. Terrible decision terrible, after terrible, terrible decision. Decisions. All of it motivated in his mind by something that makes perfect sense to him, and he sees playing out a certain way. Yeah, and you're going. And the problem is because I think we all know people like this, and hopefully it's not we see ourselves in it. <laughs> we all know people who are like, "Stop doing that. It's just oh, just for a yeah. second, think about your actions." And we know people in in the world who are just. I'm moving on yep. to the next thing to cover the thing behind me so that I can do the thing ahead of me that will cover that thing that I just did. Yeah. It's insane. I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. That movie, just clinching, I think.
0: I have a friend who, who, uh, I did too. I have a friend <laughs> who watched it who told me, he said, I don't know, everybody's saying how, how tense that movie made them feel. He's like, that movie just felt like the inside of my head. And oh I was no. Like, oh my god. I okay.
1: I am concerns that for it. That says you. a lot about <laughs> you, it's dude. It's really, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, but it's immensely watchable. Uh, and that's the thing I hope that, like, if you see Adam Sandler and you go, okay, I know that's not a typical Sandler movie. Right. And you get into it and it, 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 Definitely is not what you're used to seeing, but it's absolutely watchable, and uh, it's a it's a great entry point if you're a little wary of independent movies. It is highly entertaining if yeah. you uh, are willing to just kind of put up with yeah, that it, tension.
0: It, it, it's very true. It's yeah. interesting though because it is it it is Adam Sandler. Like it's not, yeah. he's recognizable as himself. Yeah. But he's not doing, it's,
1: uh, it's, it's not like he's doing an impression of something or he's, he's dropped into a character in a method way. Right. But, uh, and you get over that it's Adam Sandler right away because you do believe he is this character. It's, that's what makes it such a special performance is because it's hard to get past a, a presence that big, mm-hmm. that's a star that big and the fact that he was able to do it and, and carry that movie because he's virtually in every frame of it. Yeah. Uh, and the Softy brothers, again, as I mentioned, the, the, the guys who directed it are somebody I have to go back and, and look at their other stuff. I just have their to see, and I can't wait great. to see what they do. They, and they've worked with some really interesting actors. They, they
0: did a film with uh, Pattinson a couple of years ago. That was also great. Um, yeah, they they're amazing filmmakers. Yeah. Um, they've made, I think four or five films now. And, this feels like the culmination of like they have a, a, a definitely a visual style and, and a thing that they do a sound design that's very unique um, but um yeah, I also think our international film category so we're you know every award show handles international differently right sometimes it means foreign language sometimes it means made in a a foreign country for us we have um something is international if the writer director producer are. Not U.S. citizens, so we don't care what language it's in. It can even shoot in the U.S. If a foreign, if a director from abroad is making a film in the U.S., it might feel like an American film, but for us, we're going to count it as international. Gotcha. Um, this year, none of them fit that profile, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a hard category because we have we we always have five nominations, and actually, this year we have six. What am I saying? Um, but they're like the the five or six best films from outside the US for the year. So it's a very very high bar. These tend to be incredibly uh accomplished films from different countries. Um, and,
1: and right off the top, Parasite from um, South Korea is uh, obviously that's getting gotten yeah. the most attention out of out of m- uh, most of these, deservedly so. Yeah. It, it still probably is my favorite movie of the year, uh, although I haven't seen some of these others in here. Parasite is one of
0: those movies that um, I mean, Bong Joon Ho, the director, is is a like an auteur now. He's he's made many incredible films, but to me, this one, yeah, it's my favorite film of the year as well, and just. Um, or it's, I I shouldn't say favorite it's the film that I find myself thinking about the most it's right. stuck with me I'm just like what like I did not expect that yeah.
1: I, I, you know it's like and it's also just as a movie it's somebody who is in full command of the cinema you know when you see somebody totally. who's absolute yeah. who where every thing that he his mark is clearly all over it. and that's not to say that every performance in it, it as an ensemble, again, that group is note perfect and yeah. those actors are amazing. Uh, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully designed. Uh, but it is just cinematically, just this thing that takes you again. Talk about putting you in a place that you've yeah. never quite experienced before. I don't know if that's at all what South Korea is really like in real life, but I. But I, I but whatever world I'm living in, I want to know more about yeah. that. And I kind of yeah. believe that in some way it's authentic, even if it's his ideal of what that class struggle is supposed to be like. Yeah I, 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 again, I same as you, Josh, I couldn't I haven't been able to stop thinking about that movie. Um, I
0: love how excited we're getting talking about yeah. movies. you know <laughs> a lot of people say we're living in the golden age of television and streaming, and of course there is a lot of great stuff that you can see that way, but I find, like, movies, the movies are so good, right? This is not a dying art form. This is, like,
1: just incredible work is being done. Well, you can have both. I mean, I, yeah. th- the great thing is that there are people who are able to tell stories over the course of 8, 10, 12 episodes and do that beautifully and mm-hmm. there's a place for that and I think we all enjoy that. But also, sometimes you just need 90 minutes or two hours of telling a story and it exactly. doesn't need to be a sequel or a brand or a franchise yeah. and, and and that's where the original stories come in and it, and it doesn't need to be any more than that. Mm-hmm. And those ultimately, I feel like are still more satisfying experiences. I'd much rather talk about Parasite or His Girl Friday or or The Godfather than, um, man, wasn't uh, The Sopranos great? Of course, The Sopranos was great, but what's going to live with me longer than that? One and a half to two hour experience where I was completely enveloped in something that I'd never seen before. And I probably will never kind of have that same experience again. Yeah. It's a very different thing. And I I know with me, it resonates longer and stays yeah. with me longer and has more impact on how I think, what I think of these people, yeah. what I think of that situation um, I think yeah, I think too. movies have more power that yeah, way. I do too, and it's, that's what you guys are all about. It's funny you mentioned His Girl Friday. I just, I
0: just. Sh- it's my, my my favorite com- it's my favorite it's, comedy oh my God. of all time. I, I mean, hadn't watched it in a, in a number of years, and I, I I got my 13-year-old daughter to watch it. And, oh, my God, that dialogue has right. got to be the fastest ever. That's, all the screwballs. That's the It's thing. just like lightning speed. I
1: love it. I yeah. I love it more than, I mean, generally when people talk about classic film and the greatest comedy of all time, and, and it seems like over the past few years, it's it's generally been uh, Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's, it's His Girl Friday. Yeah. It's... it's, it's it's a just a freaking yeah. roller coaster yeah, yeah. from top to bottom, um, Josh. Uh, we're such nerds. We could talk about this forever. We should talk about the uh, awards ceremony because it will air live on IFC on Saturday. It will be so much more interesting, so much more fun than any other award show. It's, it's interesting because yeah. uh, independent film tends to have a reputation. Look, I've attended film festivals. I've sat through a bunch of movies and been depressed <laughs> because they <laughs> can right, deal they're... with really deep, dark topics. I, you know, And what's really interesting about the your award show is that it is so irreverent it, so goofy. Yes. Aubrey Plaza is back. She doesn't give two f's about what she says, yeah. and she's also absolutely a fan of independent film. And she's yep. become a a little bit of like indie film royalty now in terms of what the jobs that she takes and the role she takes.
0: You know, she so last year was the first year she hosted, right. and she was am- I thought she was amazing yeah. she is a great host it's okay being a host an award show host is a thankless it's job the, it's, really job hard- it's yeah. the worst job ever worst job ever it's hard to do there are people who you think would be great who aren't and then Aubrey stepped into it last year, and she was just, she commanded the room. She was funny. Yeah. She had great timing. She's knowledgeable. She just held yeah. the audience she, in her hand. She does love the, the
1: what she's talking about. She and does. I think for her, I think, through. I think it comes down to, it doesn't seem like she cares what people think of her, and that's yeah. very important. <laughs> because yes. if you think too much about that, you can really yeah. go bonkers. And she kept it. Exactly the way it needed to be. Just, so she's really
0: been yeah. working hard on the show for this year. She's been in the office upstairs every day the last couple of weeks,
1: just working on the show. Oh my gosh! Um, well, I'm glad been, I, I haven't some... run into her in the lobby, or I would have accosted her with with accolades, but wh- and, and she would thing have sent security mention, after me.
0: The show is it's broadcast. So it's on February the eighth. It's broadcast live on IFC. It's uh, two p.m. West Coast, five p.m. East Coast time. But we're also going to be streaming live on Twitter. Right. on the the film independent twitter page as well as ifc's page so if you don't have ifc go watch it on twitter you can see the whole thing there we're also doing an arrival show hosted by american airlines it'll be really fun um but uh, honestly having the show on twitter this is the first time the spirit awards are going global you can watch it anywhere on the planet and i have to tell you something this is really weird last year it was not available uh It was only available in the U.S. And we got complaints. This is so crazy. (laughs) We got on Facebook. We got, um, for some reason, or on Twitter, we have people internationally who follow Film Independent. And we got over a 1,000 complaints from people outside the U.S. saying, why can't we watch the Spirit Awards? There's this audience outside of the U.S. who knows about the show and wanted to watch it. And we were like... We didn't put it out there because we didn't know you, you know, that this, this would amazing. You'd want to see it, and now we're going global, which I'm really thrilled because
1: well, this is uh, going to build the audience. If you think that the typical award show you watch is has become boring or predictable, or you, you, you just don't care about the people you're seeing go up there, or you just want to see something that uh, celebrates the art of filmmaking. Uh, Perhaps a little more in depth and a little more in a challenging way. And it's really fun. And if you want to discover movies that you can go ahead and admit, I've never heard of that, but it looks interesting, this is the one to watch. It is always so much fun. It is fun to Damn watch straight. top to bottom. <laughs> um, it's, you never know kind of what's going to happen. And it's. We don't play people off. Yeah. And and you also see kind of genuine, and it's also not the the silly drunken drunk uncle of award shows. That's right. Which we know which one that one is, even though there definitely is some imbibing going on. Um, man, it's it's such a refreshing thing to watch every year, and it's truly my favorite award show. Thank you, Larry. And That's great I always discover hear. something new that I, I just, I I can't wait to, to dive into. So, Josh, I wish you the best. I know it's going to be Larry. a big, big year for you. Thank um, you. And thank goodness you have great movies to celebrate this year. All right. So uh, where can people find Film Independent if they want to kind of check that out? So check out Film Independent. Just go to
0: filmindependent.org. We're an open access organization. Anyone can join, whether you're a
1: filmmaker or a film lover. Become a member. Oh, my gosh. And you have so much, uh, so many services and resources to offer, especially for up-and-coming filmmakers or even people who think they want to be. Our members are the ones who vote on the winners. This is the thing. So. The,
0: this is the other thing I love about the Spirit Awards is the the winners are chosen, but we have about eight thousand members now around the world, mm-hmm. and they get to watch all the nominated films. We send them out via secure links. They get. I mean, this year I think we sent out thirty nine films to our our members, and. I mean, for the price of membership, it's a it's a great deal. But also, but more than that, you become part of the community of like right. the people who decide like these are the best independent films of the year. So, yeah. yeah, everybody should join.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you love movies, it's worth supporting just just for that reason yeah. alone. Oh, Josh, thank you. Larry. So excited! All right, so come back next year. We'll talk for three hours. Okay, so, sounds uh, good. Yeah, block off enough time. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you.